RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines, pro-Beijing lawmaker Junius Ho is attacked and stabbed on the campaign trail. Pro-establishment lawmakers say the incident casts a pall over district council elections and an influential committee of UK lawmakers calls for holders of B&O passports to be allowed to live and work in Britain. Pro-Beijing lawmaker Junius Ho is being treated in hospital after he was stabbed in Tianmen while campaigning for the upcoming district council elections. The suspect has been arrested, Violet Wong reports. The pro-establishment lawmaker Junius Ho was campaigning for the district council election near Richland Garden in Tianmen when he was attacked just before 9am. The male attacker was filmed smiling as he talked to Mr Ho and giving him a bouquet of flowers. He asked the lawmaker if they could take a photo together and reached into his bag. But he took out a knife, not a smartphone, and stabbed Mr. Ho in the chest. But Mr. Ho fought back and subdued the assailant with the help of some bystanders. The attacker, Mr. Ho, and his two assistants were all sent to Tillman Hospital for treatment. One assistant has been discharged. At around half past ten, Mr. Ho was moved from the emergency room to a ward in the hospital. He was conscious and told reporters his injury was not too severe. It's a superficial wound. Luckily, my rib bone stopped the knife. It's a two-centimeter-long cut. After an hour, the attacker was also sent to a ward. He was reciting a Chinese poem praising the spirit of righteousness. The pro-establishment camp condemned the attack, saying it's shaken their confidence that the upcoming district council elections can be conducted in an open and fair manner. Several lawmakers, including DAB lawmaker Elizabeth Kwat, the FTU's Wong Kwok Kin and the Liberal Party's Xu Ka-Fai, claimed the attack was intended to kill Mr Ho. The camp also said many of their district councillors' officers have been vandalised and their candidates have been harassed in recent months. Here's the camp's convener, Martin Liao. It was a catastrophe for the election, the attack on uh, the Honourable Junius Ho. I have great reservation as to whether an open, fair election can take place uh, after this event. I was full of hope uh, before, uh, despite the, uh, the incidents of attacks and disturbances that were occurring uh, in various uh, pro-establishment members' uh, offices, but I was still hopeful. Asked whether the camp would suggest cancelling the elections, Mr Liao said they're not recommending anything. He added that it's the government's job to ensure the elections are open and fair. Liberal Party leader Felix Chung is hoping fellow lawmakers can investigate the anti-government protests that are now in their fifth month. His motion to use LegCo's Powers and Privileges Ordinance to set up a committee is scheduled to be discussed next Wednesday. If it goes ahead, lawmakers will have the power to summon witnesses before the council. For the past few months, nothing we have been done by just speaking out or just condemn some um, serious violence. So within our power, I mean, that is the power that we can use uh, to take some actions, to do some investigation, especially if the government do not want to do the independent uh, investigation commissions. Let the, let's go to start it first. 
The Vice Premier Han Chung says the Chief Executive Carrie Lam has tried everything possible to stabilise the situation in Hong Kong and has carried out a huge amount of tough work. Meeting Mrs Lam in the capital, Mr Han said it's the joint responsibility of the executive, legislative and judicial branches of power to restore order in the SAR following five months of unrest. Mr Han, who's the state leader in charge of Hong Kong affairs, said Beijing will continue to fully support the SAR government and the territory's police force. An influential committee of UK lawmakers has urged the next government in London to consider giving holders of the British national overseas passports the right to live and work there. They've also expressed concern about the continuing presence of British judges on Hong Kong's top court. Steve Dunthorne has more. In a report... The House of Commons Foreign Affairs Committee said allowing holders of British national overseas passports to live and work in Britain would offer reassurance that the UK cares about its nationals in Hong Kong. About 170,000 people hold B&O passports, according to figures from Britain's Home Office, although more than 3 million Hong Kongers born before the 1997 handover are eligible for B&O status. The report also questioned whether the involvement of British judges in Hong Kong's Court of Final Appeal could make the UK inadvertently appear complicit in supporting a system that, as the committee put it, is undermining the rule of law. It recommended that the British government coordinate its response with the other jurisdictions that have representatives on the SAR's top court, Australia, Canada and New Zealand. A climate study endorsed by 11,000 scientists warns there'll be untold human suffering without deep and lasting changes. The report draws on 40 years of data. It declares the world is in an accelerating climate emergency. One of the report's authors, Professor William Ripple, explains why they were issuing the warning. We're just starting to see uh, storms becoming more intense. Uh, the frequency of uh, hurricanes and cyclones and droughts and tornadoes and rising seas and storm surges. Uh, so we're concerned that uh, that this is just starting and there's not has not been enough uh, action uh, to stop this type of runaway climate change. Donald Trump says it's time for the United States to help Mexico wage war on drug cartels after at least nine members of an American Mormon family were killed in an ambush in northern Mexico. The Mexican president said the family's convoy of vehicles might have been mistaken for a rival gang. A relative of some of the victims told CBS Radio what he believed happened. Our wives and our children left our town around 9.30 in the morning in three different vehicles. Just outside of town, they were ambushed by heavy gunfire to the extent that one of the vehicles exploded. The other two further up ahead were also ambushed and attacked and people were massacred. Uh, Christina jumped out of her vehicle, waving her arms at the cartel to stop shooting. And so we believe that's when they did stop shooting. President Trump said the cartels have become too powerful. At a news conference, the Undersecretary for Intelligence and Analysis at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, David Glaw, condemned the killings. The reprehensible killings in northern Mexico of American cities, including women, children, and infants, is a stark example of how these brutal organizations operate on a daily basis. The violence and disregard for human life displayed by these criminal organizations is as barbaric and gruesome as any terrorist organization we see around the globe. A senior American diplomat has acknowledged telling a top Ukrainian official that U.S. military aid depended on Kiev launching an investigation implicating Donald Trump's presidential rival Joe Biden. 
The comments by Gordon Sondland, who's the U.S. ambassador to the EU, were released as part of the congressional impeachment inquiry into President Trump. The Maryland Democrat Congressman Jamie Raskin said the testimonies were all pointing to one thing. The critical thing I think America needs to focus on is people read the depositions is that there's really only one story. All of the witnesses agree that the president engineered a shakedown of the Ukrainian government. Nothing like that has ever happened in American history before, and nobody has any kind of alternative story. Brazilian lawmakers are calling for executives of two firms to be charged with various crimes, including homicide, in response to the collapse of a dam earlier this year that killed almost 300 people. Here's the BBC's Daniel Gallus. A final report approved unanimously in a Congress inquiry considered executives of mining giant Vale and German consulting group Tufsud responsible for the tragedy in the town of Brumadinho. In January, a dam containing mining waste burst in the town in southeastern Brazil, killing almost 300 people. Relatives of the victims staged a protest in Congress, carrying pictures of all of those who died in the tragedy. Vani said in a statement that it respectfully disagrees with inquiry's findings. The German group did not comment. The government of Iraq has decided to lift the nighttime curfew in the capital, Baghdad, to placate the increasingly anti angry anti-government protests. More than 250 people have died since the protests began last month. Here's the BBC's Yusuf Taha. The Baghdad government has been imposing and lifting overnight curfews as well as cutting off and restoring internet access since the protests started at the beginning of October. But its attempts at dispersing nationwide demonstrations have failed and the protesters seem to have only strengthened their resolve. They are angry about government corruption, high unemployment and poor public services in the oil-rich country. The Prime Minister, Adel Abdel Mahdi, has rejected calls for his resignation. But now the protesters want the entire political elite to be swept away altogether. Fans of the pop group the Bee Gees are campaigning to save the venue where the Gibb Brothers made their first live performance. They need 320,000 US dollars by the weekend to save an old cinema in the English city of Manchester. Here's the BBC's Colin Patterson. It's called the Staying Alive campaign. Bee Gees fans are hoping to buy the building that used to be the Gomont Cinema in the Charlton area of Manchester. That's where, in 1957, under the name The Rattlesnakes, local lads the Gibb Brothers first sang in public, a cover of the Everly Brothers' Wake Up Little Susie. The building is currently a co-op funeral home, but will be demolished and turned into flats if a community group fails to raise a quarter of a million pounds by this Saturday. Their plans are for it to become a foot hall where bands can perform and there will be a permanent tribute to the Bee Gees. A former quality control engineer at Boeing says passengers flying on one of the company's 787 Dreamliners could be left without oxygen if the cabin suffered a sudden decompression. John Barnett told the BBC that a quarter of the emergency oxygen systems could be faulty. Boeing says none were placed on aircraft. The Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, has announced that China is to resume imports of Canadian beef and pork some four months after Beijing suspended shipments. In a Twitter post, Mr Trudeau thanked the country's meat industry for working to reopen what he described as this important market for Canada's meat producers. Financial markets, the US dollar is trading at 109.05 yen. The euro is one US dollar and 10 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 8 cents. 
A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,660, 21 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $40 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. Let's start with football's Champions League, where Chelsea and Ajax were involved in an eight-goal thriller at Stamford Bridge. Willian, and it comes now. Had a goal, hits the crossbar. Wow. That was from Abraham. Loose ball is not back in. It's Reese James. Chelsea 4, Ajax 4. What an incredible match this has been. Chelsea fought back from three goals down to draw 4-4 with Ajax, who had two players sent off. The two sides are level on points with Valencia, who were 4-1 winners over Lille. Borussia Dortmund are now just a point behind the Group F leaders Barcelona after a thrilling 3-2 victory over Inter Milan. Barca were held to a goalless draw at home by Slavia Prague. More from the BBC's John Bennett. Borussia Dortmund challenging Chelsea for the best comeback of the night. They were down and out at half-time. Inter Milan were leading by two goals to nil. They were in complete control after goals from Lautaro Martinez and Matthias Fasino. But the game completely changed in the second half. Borussia Dortmund finally found some intensity. And Ashraf Hakimi made it 2-1 and suddenly the momentum shifted. Julian Brandt equalised. Then Inter were effectively down to 10 men due to an injury to Politano. They'd used all their subs so they couldn't replace him. And it was inevitable that Borussia Dortmund would score the winner. And Hakimi got his second of the night. It's the second time this season that he's scored two goals in a Champions League game. Earlier, there was a shock result. Barcelona nil, Slavia Prague nil. And the Czech side completely deserved the point. It's the first time in seven years that Barca failed to score in a Champions League group stage match at home. The holders, Liverpool, have gone top of Group E with a 2-1 win over Genk. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain scored what turned out to be the winning goal early in the second half at Anfield. Napoli were held one all by RB Salzburg. RB Leipzig topped Group G after a 2-0 win at Zenit St. Petersburg. Lyon went second after a 3-1 win over Benfica. Tottenham are in Champions League action tonight. They'll tighten their grip on second place in Group B if they can get a win at Red Star Belgrade. The leaders Bayern Munich host Olympiakos. Manchester City will be aiming for a fourth straight win when they visit the Italian side Atalanta. And finally, in basketball, LeBron James has recorded a triple-double for the third straight game as the LA Lakers rallied late to beat the Bulls in Chicago. The Lakers trailed by 19 points before shutting down the Bulls in the fourth quarter. They went on to win 118-112, ending their three-game Eastern road trip on a high. LeBron finished with 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. The Lakers have now won six in a row. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Pro-Beijing lawmaker is stabbed on the campaign trail. Pro-establishment lawmakers say the attack casts a pall over the district council elections and an influential committee of UK lawmakers calls for holders of BNO passports to be allowed to live and work in Britain. The news from RTHK. The influenza vaccine is safe and effective and getting vaccinated each year can protect yourself and others close to you. Elderly people, pregnant women, children and those with chronic medical problems are more likely to have serious flu complications. To protect yourself and your loved ones, all family members should join in and get vaccinated against influenza. Consult your family doctor 
or visit chp.gov.hk for details. Yeah! 